Good morning, One Hope. It's February 13, 2024. Our passage for today is Jeremiah chapter 7 to chapter 8, verse 3. Jeremiah is a prophet who served during the last 40 years or so of the southern kingdom of Judah. God calls Jeremiah in chapter 1, and then from chapters 2 to 45 is a word of prophecies given to Judah. Chapters 2 to 5, we have 2 to 25, we have a series of 12 sermons of Judah. And in chapters 7 to 10 is a third sermon. Chapters 11 to 12 is the fourth sermon of Jeremiah. These two sermons, third and the fourth sermons of Judah, uh, sorry, Jeremiah, is what we're looking at this week. Chapter 7 is called the Temple Sermon of Jeremiah because God calls Jeremiah to go and preach at the gate of the temple. Verse 2, stand at the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. It's not easy being a prophet of God, because the message which Jeremiah had to preach was not one that would receive welcome. In fact, it led to fierce opposition and persecution from those who heard his message. Jeremiah goes on in his sermon, verse 4. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways, verse 5, and then let's go to verse 7, then I will let you live in this place. Here, Jeremiah is referring to the idea that people of Judah had had at this time. And it's the inviolability of Zion. What that means is people during this time believed that Jerusalem will never be destroyed because God's temple was there. But what Jeremiah is saying is that view is a lie. Do not believe that lie. The temple will not save you. Can you imagine Jeremiah saying that to people who are going into the temple at the gate? He stands there and tells them, well, you're going into the temple right now thinking that the temple will save you, but temple will not save you. What will save you, Jeremiah says, is your faith evidenced by your life. That's what will save you. Verse 8, but look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless, words that, or the, those, who pre, those who said that temple will never be destroyed. Verse 9, will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal, and follow other gods you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name, and say we are safe? You're breaking the Ten Commandments. Just because you are coming into the temple do you think that that will save you? It will not. And God says, don't even bring your sacrifice to me. You can just eat it yourselves because I will not receive it. Verse 21. Go ahead 
add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourselves. And he goes on to say, what I want from you is what I have told you even before I gave you the sacrificial law. Verse 22, for when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I gave them this command, obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. That's what I told you. That's what I wanted from you. Here, Jeremiah is referring to the words which God spoke to the Israelites after they came out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea. You remember the story in Exodus, they journey and then into the wilderness for three days, and there's no water, so they start complaining about water because the place that they were at called Marah, the water there was too bitter for them to drink. So Moses, at the command of the Lord, throws a piece of wood into water, and that water miraculously became good enough for them to drink. And after that happened, that's what God has said. Something, and here what Jeremiah is referring to, referring back to in verse 22. I gave you this command. Listen to me, obey me, and I will be your God and you will be my people. You, you can read that in Exodus chapter 15 towards the end of the chapter there if you want to look it up. So what, Mo, what Jeremiah is saying is God told you that first before he gave you the sacrificial law. What I want is not burnt offerings and sacrifice, but your heart and your obedience. As we know, God eventually and ultimately destroys the temple in Jerusalem. Do you think that it was hard or difficult or easy decision for God to destroy the temple, that is? For those in our community who have the experience of opening up their own small businesses, they would know that this decision was not easy for God, but very difficult. Imagine for those of you who have this experience that you had to close down the very business that you opened. For me, hypothetically, theoretically of course, but one of the most difficult decisions that I would, I would have to make, I will make is if I ever had to, we had to close down one of community church. It would be it will be the, one of the most difficult decisions in life. And yet, God had to, and he does, destroy the temple. He had given it to them in order to be with the people of Israel. He dwelt there, and it became a symbol for all that God dwelt among the people of Israel. And yet, for God to destroy this temple would not have been easy, something that was very difficult for him to do. And he did not want to do it, probably, and I'm sure, but he had to. Then the question is, why did God go to that length? Because he had a message for them. And that message was this, what I want is not sacrifice or offering, but true worship as evidenced by your life. The people of Judah thought their temple would save them. What is your temple? Could your temple be the knowledge that you have about the gospel, 
because you heard it so many times over and over again throughout the years of being in church, growing up in church, that it is uh, Jesus by believing in him that he died for us and for you, that that's how you are saved. You know about that gospel, but the gospel has not truly, truly became yours. If that's your temple, knowledge about the gospel and about the gospel only, then that temple will not save you. Could your temple be your past spiritual experience? Many years ago, a few years ago, last year, two years ago, at the retreat, I had this spiritual experience. Therefore, I must be okay. I must be saved. If that's your temple, like the people of Judah, that temple will not save you. Maybe your background of growing up in a Christian family. My parents are Christian. My grandparents are Christian. In fact, my parents, my grandparents, they were pastors, elders. Well, if that's your temple that you think will save you, and because of that, God will be okay with you, God is saying that will not save you. That temple, I will destroy. These temples will not save you, but true worship as evidenced by your life right now, today, that's what will save you. Our faith needs to be proved today. It needs to be evidenced by our life. That's the only way in which you will experience my salvation. The people of Judah totally misread and misunderstood God, and they took comfort in this wrong knowledge or belief that they had about the temple. So in light of this, today's takeaway I want to give you is a question that I want us, all of us, to ask. And that question is this. What does God really want from us? Let's ask that question. The people of Judah misread, misunderstood, totally got it wrong. And the result was that their temple was destroyed. What does God really want from us about our faith life? And not just that, what about our life's decisions and plans? Do we know what God really wants? If we keep going down the wrong path, just like he did for and to the people of Judah, he may also destroy our own temples that we have built up in our lives. And perhaps maybe that's not always a bad thing, but what God wanted from the people of Judah was that even before I destroy your temple, because it's something that's good, something that's supposed to be a blessing to you, I want you to Figure out and realize what it is that I really want from you. Same is true for us. What he wants from us is that we truly understand what God really wants from us. And we follow that path and follow him. So today and this week, let's try to ask God. God, what is it that you really want from me? about my life, my faith, the decisions that I'm about to make or I have made, plans I have for myself, my family, and 
what I'm doing in my ministry in serving God, what I'm not doing, let's ask what is it that he really wants so that we might walk in his ways and experience the great blessings that he has in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen.